Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome back to the Thistle Scottish Rugby Podcast. So that is all, folks. The Lions Tour is done and dusted. They might not have got there in the end, but it was bloody good to be invited to the party again. David, Matt and Alan here to chew over the Scottish performances over the summer and to have just a little bit of a look ahead to the United Rugby Championship, which looks like it is in some sort of jeopardy. So plenty to talk about as ever. But first, Matt, how are you doing, bud? Yeah, I'm good, man. It's um, kind of just coming back off, off the back of that Lions tour, just being so close in the end and being actually really gutted. Um, but I think having that Finn Russell performance, which I'm sure we'll come on to talk about, it's just sort of put a bit of a spring in my step this week. Well, yeah, and all the friends we've made online along the way. I really feel that, you know, Scottish and Irish um, relations are their they're high point, certainly. I wouldn't say it's limited to, to Irish people as well. I think there's been some Scottish and Welsh bad blood, particularly I think the kind of Liam Williams and Josh Adams versus Stuart Hogg and Doohan. There's there's some bad blood there, not amongst the players, but just amongst you know the respective supporters of each group. There's been an awful lot of heated discussion. Not a lot of it has been high quality, although some of the memes, <laughs> particularly from us, have been very, very good. Alan, how are you doing, mate? Yeah, good. Nice little weekend. Lions, watching it with yourself, a couple of ciders, and then Pfizer part two on the Sunday, and then roll into, roll into the working week. So no, feeling good. Love it already. So you've decided to get the vaccine, yeah? Mate, part two. I'm fu- fully vaxxed, mate. I'm ready to go. You were, like, you were really sceptical about it for ages. Like you say you didn't believe in vaccines and stuff. <laughs> um, I'm sure I saw you in the background of a video storming the former BBC offices the other day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <Is> that not you? <laughs> 
Yeah, it's me, <laughs> me and um, Piers Corbin just absolutely <laughs> going at it. Um, <laughs> well, it's good to have an anti-vax discussion on uh, on on the Scottish Rugby podcast. I will wrestle us back towards some sort of loose agenda if I can, but first I will start by saying a big thank you to our friends at Rob Mack. Uh, independent financial planning and mortgage management. They've been with us uh, for the last couple of months throughout the whole line series, giving us loads and loads of support. Uh, So thanks very much to those guys. Um, They specialize in mortgage management, financial planning and investments. So please do get in touch with them if you need any of those services. That's robmac.co.uk. So from anti-vaxxing, let's just go straight into the Lions then, shall we? Obviously, third test, um, didn't quite go the way we wanted. Although one thing kind of did go the way of Scotland fans. We got 70 minutes of uh, Finn Russell. Alan, was that the most excitement you felt all summer? Just want to confirm first up that I'm not anti-vax. Just think it's a really important thing to clarify <laughs> up front before we sort of carry on into sort of the meat of like, the pod. It's like that Instagram like uh, warning label that pops up. So, so, yeah, just sort of clarify. But um, but yeah, no, I think um, not just the summer. I think the whole year. I think when um, when Finn just sort of trotted on with that little that little grin, as uh, I don't think I've, I've been been ex- as excited this whole year. And that first that first sort of five minute period where they he he, he did that sort of must have been what between sort of ten to fifteen phases where a lot of it was coming from ten rather than nine. That specific period was was definitely sort of the most exciting part of the Lions tour, I think. Ah, just that, that, that five minute period was the most like buzzed I felt about the whole tour in its entirety. And South Africa looked vulnerable. Matt, were you impressed with him when he came on? Yeah, it, it was class. Um, I, I think that, yeah, as you say, South Africa did look vulnerable and I think that they, they looked a little bit scared of him almost because I think right from the off, um, he was playing things as he saw it. He was obviously playing very flat to the line. Um, and I think actually that, you know, I think probably the first real attacking moment was when he put that chip kick through to Josh Adams. And obviously from that point onwards, all, all bets are off almost. And I think from from there, you you could sense the South Africans were slightly being a little bit cagey in defence, were stepping off him. And that just allowed the Lions to get on the front foot and attack, which once again, just sort of compounded how, how much Finn was able to, to take control and, and direct things. Um, I, I suppose the only disappointing thing was it seems as if in the second half that willingness to play and to stretch the opposition um, for whatever reason, they just weren't able to, to do it because that was clearly the way that they were going to cause South Africa problems and, and potentially win the game. Do you think that was because the Lions weren't doing it or do you think it was just because they got almost like suffocated of possession in the Lions half in in the South African half they didn't get a lot of time yeah. with the with the ball kind of outside of their own sort of 22 slash sort of up to the 10 meter line I'd, I'd imagine at half time um, the South African coaches were saying <laughs> we've got to slow things down as much as possible and make it a real arm wrestle not have the ball in, in play for much of the game as, as we saw in the end um, and I, I suppose just the threat that Russell posed that that led to that sort of being even more intensified. I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. And um, it, it's been a big sort of couple of weeks for 
pundits that are usually wrong, you know, saying saying good things. Stephen Jones was first out of the blocks to say that Finn should be picked. And today, doing the rounds on social media, Matt Dawson saying that if Finn Russell was from New Zealand, we'd be saying he's the next Dan Carter. Alan, is Finn Russell the next Dan Carter? Uh, I, I don't think so. Oh, I, I know. What about what Matt Dawson said on Instagram? <laughs> I know. I, I mean, if Dawson said it, it's gospel. But <laughs> with, with all these things, you know, it's like classic sort of post-match sort of debate where on one side you sort of have sort of certain sections of the of the press that sort of maybe sorry pre the match or label Russell as a sort of mad maverick and probably overemphasize some of the flaws in his game. And then the other side, you have people probably majority sort of Scotland supporters who say, you know, he's number one 10 in the world and actually criticism of his his game management are all wrong, et cetera. And, you know, ultimately like most things, the answer lies somewhere in the middle, right? You know, like, he he does have some issues and he also is a bit of a maverick in the grand scheme of things when you compare him to sort of the rest of the tens he's quite unorthodox in a lot of things that things that he does and i think especially in that first half and for certain portions of the second half he showed that much more positive side of his game and showed you know what whether it's a maverick or a slightly unorthodox or just a slightly more creative 10 could have brought to that Lions team and potentially another way that the Lions could have approached this sort of tour and how they could have beaten South Africa. So I think that was sort of great to see because I do think, you know, especially in that second test, now whether Bigger was sort of limited by the game plan or by his own um, kind of abilities, I think it's probably a mix of mix of the two. But I think there was something just quite disheartening about the whole sort of attacking approach of the Lions in the second test. And I think it was quite uplifting to see what Finn was able to do when he was sort of given that responsibility. The, the, yeah. other, the other thing I'd add, sorry, the other thing I'd add to that is that I think the other, the other most, obviously the sort of the, the mispasses and the the offloads and taking the ball to line where, you know, those are the things we know Finn is, is world-class at, but I think it's the other bits of the game that maybe he's been criticised in the past for around particularly his kicking and game management that I actually thought were, were really good as well. Um, I mean, his, his goal kicking was, unbelievable um and coming from a guy who maybe in the past his his percentages aren't as high as um as the likes of a bigger or a Farrell. um i thought it was kicking to um to touch uh from penalties um put us in a great position like he was hitting it into the five meter you know on consecutive occasions should have scored off that second line out drive as a result um and i think barring maybe one dodgy kick to that was off his left peg to colby um, apart from that, his his tactical kicking was was really good as well. So I think it was it was an all round performance rather than just the the flashier stuff. Yeah, it was a good good little narrative narrative buster. I thought particularly with the goal kicking um, for him to for, to put in a performance like that, um, which I suppose only Scotland fans really know a little bit more or trust him to deliver. Um, Obviously, partnering Ali Price for the large, large proportion of that game. I mean, Ali Price's tour, Alan, sort of sum up, I guess, the journey that Ali Price has been on since sort of even like pre Six Nations, you know, he probably still wasn't, you know, really in the hearts of Scottish fans quite yet, but he's really come on sort of leaps and bounds this season. I might pass this quickly over to Max. I think he's a bit better when it comes to sort of the analysis of Ali Price. But I think the one thing I will say is 
I don't think there's another player on the tour that has probably increased um, the level of like respect for appreciation that other home nations fans have than Ali Price probably during this tour. I think his stock, stock has risen massively. I think it's always been quite high, especially with Scotland's fans, and I think especially on this pod. Um, but I think actually across the sort of other nations who probably kind of pegged him as a bit of a one, one-trick one pony when it came to sort of quick taps, etc., have actually seen that he's got a much more sort of holistic game now. So the question is, is how much is he worth and where is he going when he's too expensive for the SRU to keep him? Yeah, I mean, that that is the next concern, right? Because Glasgow losing another one of their star players. Um, it's, it's interesting with Ali Price because I think that in the warm-up games, he was able to, his box kicking was very good on the whole, but he was probably most impressive for the tempo that he was able to to bring to, to proceedings. But whereas across the three tests, um, barring the, the sort of 20, 30 minutes he had with Finn, didn't really get a chance to do that. So I still think he he was able to adapt his game to a more conservative style where his box kicking was the thing he was really there to do. Um, but it, it kind of goes back to that point about the Lions maybe not playing enough rugby. And actually probably you didn't get to see like his the, the strongest bits of his, his game, funnily yeah. enough. It's contracted until the summer of 2022. So he's timed he's timed his run really well. Oh yeah. Couple of couple of nice sort of highlights during the during the Six Nations and I don't know, I don't really see him probably as sort of a, a France guy. Could, I, potentially joining Hugh Jones at the Quinns once Danny Cares kind of probably probably got there Ooh. only maybe one season as a starter and then he's probably gonna shift into more of sort of a squad player. I could see that happening for sure. He's from, I mean nice. he's he's from Norfolk, so maybe Goes back home, goes to Leicester. I mean, they're quite far apart, mate. What Norfolk and Leicester? I mean, like they're not really. I don't, I don't fully sort of understand <laughs> that region. <laughs> well, Ben Youngs is from Norfolk, right, and he's played for Leicester. So that makes but, it they're basically like neighbours, yeah. <laughs> is that how it works now? Well, they're they're not very far. I mean, well, I'm you, it now. <laughs> Look, you, you you do that, and we'll talk about. I guess Ali Price's brand equity absolutely through the roof. Alan, talk to me about the brand equity of Stuart Hogg. Two two starts in tests after you know three tours of trying. You've got to be absolutely delighted with that. But he sort of got caught up in the uh, the shroud of the second test and the, where the back three were under the microscope and, and fairly heavily criticised. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, as I don't think it definitely wasn't the type of game, specifically the tests, that suited his skills as a player. I think you know he he didn't get there wasn't a lot of space for an attack. They they didn't really use him as a second distributor, so he wasn't getting into the game too much. Obviously, they had daily, but to be fair, they didn't even really use daily very much as a second distributor, and. Obviously, he was targeted with the with sort of the high balls, and I think actually when you look at it across the whole game, I think he didn't do any sort of better or worse than the other two members of the back three, so Tuhan and Anthony Watson. But um, potentially just because he had sort of the history of probably being a little bit iffy, I think people sort of zeroed in on it. 
And I think South Africa, just when it comes to those sort of high balls, like they're just so good at A, getting in the air, but B, like a lot of the time, they're kind of getting in your grill even before the balls hit you. Yeah. So like they're, they're, they're hitting an arm or hitting a leg or they're hitting you in the air almost just before you get the ball. And it's so, so difficult. And then you obviously look to the third test and, and there wasn't actually as much pressure on, on the back three at all, really. There was sort of the one, there was a couple of high balls and then you know everyone's again sort of zeroed in on, on the one take that Liam Williams did, which to be fair, was absolutely class. Oh, the, like the... That was her. Sorry, Aussie, Aussie rules style, yeah. yeah, like full reach, that was unreal. I think it's an interesting one for, for Hogg, especially just sort of looking over the whole season, you know, had such a high, had had a lot of highs with Scotland, and then but but probably a little bit of regret looking back at it re- retrospectively. Sort of a weird run into the end of the season where you know he's sort of competing with Exeter, but then on the bench where you know for someone, I mean, when was the last time he was dropped as, as a cup player? It's probably when Tooney was essentially trying to discipline him around sort of maybe what was it twenty thirteen when um, yeah. or twenty fourteen yeah. when he dropped him for Peter Murchie. Tried to force his move to Ulster, didn't he? Yeah. yeah, and then you've had, you know, obviously Lions clearly for, for Hulk just because of what's happened. You know, 2013, he was just happy to be there. In 2017, it, he was it looked like he was pretty much penciled into the starter, and then you had that sort of nightmare in Christchurch. I think he clearly was sort of so pumped to get it, and then it's probably just not worked out as in the way that he was hoping, just in terms of how a the overall result, but also in terms of his own performance. So it'd be interesting to see sort of how I kind of hope he's, he kind of gets a bit of time to sort of just kind of get away from rugby for a bit. Cause I think he's still got a lot to offer. And I think as long as he can play within a team that sort of allows him to bring his strengths to the game, which I think Scotland do really, really well, then, um, then I think he's, he, he's still got a lot, a lot of good years left in him. One more tour. Nice open, expansive game against Australia. Yeah, 33. be thirty-three by then. Be I mean, legs might have gone. Be tough, but yeah, hard to do that. Hard to do that as a back three player. Exactly. I yeah, I think I think you're right, Alan. I think he he's he's played a lot of rugby in the last year as well. Like because he seems to always, you know, he's and fair play to him. He's always desperate to play. It seems and has played a lot of rugby for, for Exeter when probably a lot of other players have been rested. So maybe he just needs a bit of bit of time away. Did you find out how far Norfolk and Leicester were apart, Matt? Two hour drive? It's quite a long it's quite a long way. You it's wouldn't say clue, it's like it's, sort of next it's door, the, would you? It's the but it's the clue what I was trying to make the point is it's the closest professional team to Kings Lynn where he was born. To Kings Lynn, eh? Yeah. Well there, well, there you go. I'm not going not gonna to question that any further. I think that's you know that's a fairly <laughs> decent point. The, um, the only Scot to start all three tests, McDuhan, proud son of Falkirk. Do you think he's gutted that he's shot his load and gone to Worcester when he maybe could have held on, cashed his chips to a better club? It is. I think he's not only did he play the most minutes on the tour. Well, sorry, he started all three tests. He played the most minutes of any player on the tour. And I think he played the most minutes per tour, uh, per player, out of the last three tours as well. Um, which I think, if you'd said that at the start of 
you know this season or you know let alone the start of the season like the start of this tour you'd, you'd be saying that's that's ridiculous um and it was just it was really interesting i think the question that a lot of people were asking was like what does gatlin see in duhan um because particularly after that second test when he had a pretty bad game under the high ball um got the yellow card and basically had done nothing in attack it just didn't really seem to make sense. But I think there was a few stats going around about how well he spoiled on the kick chase. And I actually thought in the third test, he got a lot more ball, had a few good runs. Um, yeah. I can kind of maybe see it, but I still feel as if the Lions had no way of using him in attack in the most effective way possible. Mm. And I don't know whether that's him not looking for the ball enough or that, the game plan just didn't really revolve around bringing him into the attack. It was a strange one. He was also the, um, and I know a lot of these stats don't count because a lot of the, the, the warm up games were a complete joke, but he was the mo- most meters made on the whole tour, 515 meters made, which is 205 more than Josh Adams. Most defenders beaten, most clean breaks, most post contact meters. And second for tries. So usual caveats apply. And yes, he played all of the games, but you know, you've got to leave the tour being pretty happy if you're Duhan van der Merwe. And you know, as Scotland fans, where he does get a little bit more of the ball playing for us, you know, that's uh, that can only be a very, very good thing coming into the autumn and beyond. Yeah. No, absolutely. I think you know the only probably more of a regret for fans rather than him is just the, he just wasn't really particularly well used. And I think there was sort of one moment in the um, in the third test where he sort of start he sort of started going outside, and then he really sort of cut back in. And you can and he to the point he made a lot of yardage sort of post contact, and it's like that sort of moment that you wanted to see him in a lot more across yeah. those three tests, and. Yeah, I guess you know. Ultimately, you look. The Lions had an attack where they only scored two tries in three games, and they were both moles. Um, or, so it's it's not exactly um, an an area in which he can do very much, right? Do you, do you think? Do you agree with Bod's assertion that he is more like a running back from American football than a rugby player? Hundred percent. I think it's actually. <laughs> I, th- I I mean. I, th- I think he absolutely is. I think, you know, <laughs> this, there, there is almost part of it where you're just like, look, almost just place the ball in his hands and just kind of do your thing, you know, to your point when, when he was, when Finn was talking about how he had his first game with Duhan and Duhan was just like, give me the ball. That's like all these, he, or was yeah. all, that's basically all he said to him. I think, you know, ultimately that's kind of how you got to use him. He's just sort of that, try and, try and create a gap for him to kind of, go through as quickly as possible <laughs> and that's kind of all you need to do for him is how do you manipulate a defense to create even kind of half a gap because ultimately he's got the power and speed that if he has half a gap he's going to break through right um but i don't no, think he's, he's not he's, he's not like an intelligent player or anything right <laughs> yeah but i mean I, I think apart from the second test where um, defensively under the high ball he, he was poor I actually think apart from that he was pretty good like he took some good high balls in the third test under yeah. a lot of pressure um, and had a couple of similarly good takes in the first test so I think it's it's maybe a bit maybe his he's not the kind of guy who's going to be putting someone else into space but I don't care 
like particularly from a Scottish perspective, when we've got Hogg, Russell, um, you know, like even a, a red path price, even Sean Maitland, they're all players that can put people into space. So there's, there's definitely room for someone like him. Hundred percent. Um, so yeah, very, very good from, uh, McDuhan. Look forward to seeing him, uh, at six ways and, uh, and Murrayfield, um, the into the forwards, not so much success. Roy Sutherland picking up a couple of test appearances. All in all, Matt, you've got to be Suz will probably be pretty happy with his returns from the Lions, but maybe slightly disappointed that he didn't make more of an impact. Yeah, I think he had a, fir- a, a good game in, in the first game. I think maybe he conceded a penalty or two, but. I think like quite a lot of the scrummaging penalties that went against the Lions, you know, all, it happened to all of the of the um, loose heads in particular, and th- they all seemed fairly marginal. Um, not not down to any of our knowledge around the scrum, but you know what referees and other pundits were saying afterwards. Um, I think he w- it was maybe harsh for him to be dropped from Mako in that second test, and for whatever reason, when he when yeah. he came on again. When he came, when he came on as a sub in the second half of that match, he did have a bit of a shocker. Um, dropped an easy ball, a line out. Um, I think him, both him and Sinclair were penalised, not at the scrum. Not sure how much that was yeah. his fault. And then sort of gave away that pretty daft penalty at, at, at line out time. Um, and and maybe that was enough for for Gatlin to say, "Well, we got Win Jones coming in. You've not done quite enough." So. Look, I, I I still think he he had a good tour overall, but I think he will be a little bit disappointed with how those those tests went for him. What I, what I like most about him off the rugby pitch was seemed to be absolutely thriving in the camp. You know, all the little videos and the things that were going out on the Lions channels and things like that. Like he genuinely seemed to be like very very involved, like mm. really sociable. Really like intimate photo of him and Maru Itoje hugging and looks like Maru Itoje's like fucking loving it. He's got like his eyes closed, like honestly having like the best hug of his life. And I guess maybe I don't know why, but I just didn't maybe I didn't think Rory Sullivan was the type of guy that would just like get in the mix there. But he seems to have thrived in the environment. And again, you know, you put it down to the this and look ahead to the you know, talk about players like Xander who didn't get anywhere really near a sniff of the test team, but that experience and that, you know, being around that environment with that sort of level of people can only be good for these players. Yeah, 100%. You you hope that whilst obviously <clears throat> disappointing for Xander, that he didn't manage to kind of make it into the squad. Hopefully he sort of comes back, you know, a better player from sort of the experience, mm. right? Um, I can't believe, you know, how little injuries there were for the Lions. So yeah. just like of the assumption yeah. that if you're sort of in the front row, you're probably going to at least get on the bench just because you're in South Africa. It's going to be like very pack heavy, a lot of attrition. But I think someone said sort of outside of um, Tipperick against Japan, I don't think anyone properly got set in a home if you sort of obviously have Alan Wynne-Jones coming back. So, um, but no. no. And again, he, he's a sort of player, I think Xander Ferguson, he's, Fakerson, sorry. He's been around for so long that you sort of forget that he's now 25, which for a prop is, you know, pretty yeah. pretty young. 20, 29 and 100 Scotland caps by the time the next tour rolls around. Yeah, 100%. Tell me, tell me you're not taking that, lad. 
No, he should. You know, you look at someone like Wynne Jones and he's 29, right? And he's only got 35 caps and he's sort of come, he only got his first cap when he was like 25. So you'd like to think that hopefully, I know it doesn't really work out like this in a lot of the time, but you'd like to think that Xander's still got a lot of progression to go, right? Um, and hopefully he could go into that Australia tour as potentially sort of the, the number one, the number one sort of prop for whatever side he's on. Whatever propping he does, we support. We support them all the same. You know, we love Lucid, all our Lucid prop. We love all our prop who, children. Who? Wait, who? Fagerson. Yeah. No, he's, he's a tight he's head, isn't he? Tight head. Yeah. <laughs> he wears three. Yeah. Do you know? Um, tight. I was just looking at. Do you know how old Tig Furlong is? I feel like you, he's going to be younger than I think. So I'm going to go... 24? I was going to say like 30, but he's like 27 20, or 28. 20, 24, Dave. That's quite punchy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. He's only 28. That's ridiculous. That's bad. He looks for, he looks 40. I was because that's I looked it up because I was thinking, oh, maybe Ferguson will have another tour when he's, you know, 33, 34, like Furlong. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Man. Maybe will. Ag Furlong's twenty four years younger than Paul Rudd. There you go. Who knew? <laughs> Paul Rudd's looking so good. Yeah, he looks so yeah. good. <laughs> not not aging at all. In- interesting question for you then. Who do you think are the let's go with the, the top five most likely? What's the players? best? What's your favorite Paul Rudd film? Favorite favorite Paul, Paul Rudd. List. I do love forgetting Sarah Marshall. To be fair, so do I. I yeah, I, I really, really like really soft for it. I think Role Models is really great. Role, Role Models is, is really great with Sean William Scott or whatever his name is. Yeah, and McLovin. Oh, it's quite yeah. Good. <laughs> I loved Role Models at uni and I don't think I've watched it since uni. I, I, I don't know whether I feel like it's going to hold up. Uh, yeah, I don't think you need to watch it again. Just just have the memories. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sorry, what was your question though, Alan? <laughs> <laughs> the, the one film that I'm not a big fan of that a lot of people are is I Love You Man. Never Didn't quite get it. I, I've got. I, I didn't mind that. Saw it in the cinema. Fair. I've only seen it once, and I don't really remember it. So make of that what you will. <laughs> no, my um, my question was, who would be your sort of let's go with top three players, Scotland players, to make the twenty twenty five Lions tour? Looking at kind of players that have been this time and kind of current squad. Ferguson. Uh, I think Xander almost said Xander. Yeah, I think Xander's got to be. Richie, Jamie Richie. Well, he'll be close to four seasons. 
I mean, he'll be up at like there, there is a potential for a lot of the of young Scotland lads to be up at like 60, 70 caps by the time yeah. the next um, tour rolls around. He'll be 28. Jamie Ritchie. What do you think? Finn, 32? I mean, why, why not? Yeah. I think he's got more. I know he's sort of a year younger than Hogg, but I feel like he's got, obviously, he's got a year on him, but I also think he's got the game and sort of style and strengths that it's much more likely that he's going to be able to compete at that top, top mm. level when he mm. gets into sort of those early 30s than potentially Hogg might be able to. I mean, Duhan? Yeah, that's a good shout. Duhan on a flat track in Australia with a bit more of an attacking game plan. Yeah, it'd be scoring tries for fun. Outside shot for Jamie Doby, the prodigal son. <laughs> that wow. could happen. I guess how Price, I think it's Price is going to now take take them to the World Cup for sure. Yeah, 100%. And it's probably, Doby's probably try, looking at trying to push Horn off the bench. Although the issue is all three of them play for the same club, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, it's got a sharper problems. Yeah. So... But Your no. shout from Matt Ferguson for this Lions tour, Alan, could come true for the next Lions tour. I know, I know. I was just four years too early. It was because he's a, what, like 22, 23? Y- yes, I think Matt Ferguson's super young. Yeah, yeah. I, I tried to make the hero call four years ago. I, I, what, <laughs> admittedly, it wasn't that. I mean, it was quite far away, but you know, it wasn't that far away. He was he was starting for Scotland in the Six Nations and lead up to to selection. Exactly. So. Yeah. Exactly. Um, Cam Redpath. Yeah, I was thinking if Redpath. he can get his body sorted. I've I have a horrible vision that Cam Redpath's never going to play for Scotland ever again. He's just ne- like his body's just going to fail him. He's had so many like bad injuries for a young lad. Yeah, one hundred percent. It's um, that will he will just, he'll go down as like a pub quiz question answer, and everyone will remember that unbelievable performance oh. at Twickenham. It'd be so sad, but really hope not. Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, somebody went this time around. I guess it'd be too old last time. But we haven't touched on Mish. Probably, oh yeah, shit. I forgot I about mean, Mish. Hamish Watson's probably the person coming off that tour most disappointed out of that Scotland crop. You would have thought. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, ultimately, it's interesting. I, I, you know, I'm I'm relatively bullish on on Tom Curry. I think he's 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 a pretty unbelievable player, but he probably underperformed this tour. Yeah, yeah. I'd say he was he was pretty sound. I think you know, I think probably the Lions' back row, apart from potentially the second half of the first test, were were outgunned by the South African opponents, and even and and that continued even when Peter Steph Toy obviously went off the pitch. Do I guess? Do, do I think Watson would have made a difference? Because I, don't, I generally don't know, but it would have been. Really, I would have loved to have seen him, especially in that sort of third test, to see what he could have brought to to that sort of style of match. Yeah, it it did seem a bit funny that I think throughout the test you had a lot of chopping and changing um, in the selections and the lines in, in different bits of the the pitch, and you know. The, the midfield never really had any consistency and the other area was the the back row subs in particular you had you know burn watson uh Falato, all sort of coming in and out which 
I don't know. It just it's, it seems a bit strange. Like, could things really have changed that much across the the tests? I, I think midfield was one that they were just never nailed down, so they kind of felt like they had to change. But I, I felt that the chopping and changing in the back row selection was was a bit strange. And I don't know. There, there was kind of a theory that Watson escaped punishment for that kind of spear tackle, and that's yeah. why he was dropped. But I don't know. I think. I mean, that seems a bit punishment. harsh to me. So. Yeah, it seems a bit exact. It seems a bit harsh to me, considering Tom Curry probably should have been sin bin for a no arms tackle on Faf. Yeah, um, and gave away a lot of penalties in general. So I, I think it was penalties. more of a horses for courses type selection. Yeah, that one in the third test where he sort of tack got offside in the in the ruck. The the um, the mall that was moving forward from Tom Curry was pretty. That oh, that, that was that, hard to watch. I know. <laughs> to be fair, Liam, so Liam Williams obviously got the the the, the press and, and yeah. very fairly for that pass. But that Tom Curry, you know, people because that 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 mall was motoring. Yeah, and people were like complaining about, oh, you shouldn't have kicked for the the corner. But ultimately, you know, they were going to score a try off that. <laughs> it was just the execution of that, like, and, yeah. and just a, a moment of um sort of madness from from curry that stopped it from being from being a try and i think if they'd scored that or scored or josh adams has scored that puts mm. them 17-3 up yeah. I, I i do genuinely think that is game over i i also think some refs would have let it go 100 like, percent. i don't think it, it probably it was a penalty by the letter of the law but i don't think it affected like khaleesi wasn't stopping them all by, by being closer to it. It was motoring, as you say. Uh, yeah. Shoulda, woulda, coulda. Yeah. Frustrating. Was it, one, uh, one man we've not, we haven't talked about, I'm just trying to get through all the Scots before we go on to talk about our favourite, um, I don't know, like Gordon Joseph Livett films next up. I don't know why that was the only <laughs> act that came to my head there. Uh, he's, great. He's, he's great, to be fair. Inception, obviously. But, you, got, you got his um, name incorrect as well. Did you say Gordon Joseph Levitt? Joseph Gordon left. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did get it wrong. Uh, anyway, before we get back to that, Chris Harris obviously started the second test. Um, I, I I would question, you know, brand equity of Ali Price. You were saying that he's made the most gains out of sort of other nation fans. Chris Harris's stock has gone through the roof this summer. I think Chris Harris's stock's probably gone through the roof this year. He's a proper meme stock since January 01. Like he's, you know, like Fortune 500 biggest gainer. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, him and Reese Samet over the last 12 months, if that lines to it, probably be your two stonk memes. Your stonk, stonk stocks. I kind of forgot about Reese Samet being on, because he, he never really got going on the tour, did he? It's a bit harsh on Harris. You know, ultimately, mm. I think he did everything that could have been expected of him in that second test but then got dropped yeah which, and again it's always a bit it'd be so interesting to know kind of what going into all three of those games what was the game plan and why was the selections made of because daily harris and aki are all really different players right like why yeah. why did they feel they needed aki at 13 in that last game what what was aki going to bring them that harris hadn't been able to deliver or what they didn't believe he could deliver yeah, and it's just 
you know, there were stats going around. I don't know if they were true, but like, you know, Chris Harris making zero meters in attack. And probably his strength is probably not, is, is more his defensive abilities. But yeah, as you say, like, what what is the point? Because I actually think throughout the rest of the tour, particularly in that South Africa A game, he he'd probably shown more distribution skills than than you know he's particularly renowned for. So I think he he could do it, but there just seemed to be no willingness to to move the ball into the wide areas or get any of those backs actually into the attack. I mean, I think that z- no zero meters in attack is complete misnomer if the ten has only passed the ball three times in the whole game. Yeah, yeah. That is just, yeah, a bit nothing. He did that hit on Am in like the opening exchanges of the second test. There, that's what that's what you pick Chris Harris for. Just absolutely filling in, lads. Yeah, exactly. I think you know, as you said, ultimately you can only execute against sort of the the opportunity you're given. And I think the opportunity he was given in defence, he 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 delivered on. And then even he had that nice little distribution bit of play. Where I'm sure he definitely carried the ball a meter, um, where it was kind of like yeah. between sort of him and him and Hogg on uh, kind of on the side of the pitch, sort of closest to the camera. Um, Should do a supercut yeah. for YouTube of Chris Harris making meters in that um, <laughs> in that test down. Like clearly <laughs> makes half a meter here. It's fair. I've got the week. I've got a weekend without Freya. I might just sort of spend the whole weekend of my free time. One day on the annual report, one day doing the Harris Supercup. Yes, well, we need a, a very detailed sort of standalone episode of like a 50-question quiz on the annual report that people are waiting for. Can't wait. Absolutely cannot wait. Have I covered all... Have we covered all the Scotland players now? The, the, the only... I was going to maybe... Yeah, I think we have. Um, it's going to maybe like talk about how Tooney and Tandy have come out of the yeah. of the tour. Um, very interesting point it's a funny one with Townsend because you know until I think in the in the warm-up games you'd say maybe his style was was imprinted on on how the Lions played but in the tests maybe barring Finn Russell coming on and whether that was due to Finn just you know playing as he saw it rather than playing to the strategy there were none of the sort of Townsend hallmarks of, of inventiveness and attack to to be seen um and I, I suppose we we don't know whether that's his voice not being heard as much as he would have liked or mm. him agreeing with Gatland that that was the way to to play but it's it's kind of seems quite hard to as a result it's quite hard to assess how well he's he's done overall on tour mm. there's a real cognitive cognitive dissonance on some people online that you know Gregor Townsend was at once far too powerful in selecting loads of Scottish people who weren't up to snuff but not powerful enough to um you know get, imprint his game plan on the game he's either yeah. sort of like totally totally in power of uh, Gatland or not at all um but Alan what was your take on on Tooney's um Tooney's reign in the in the online tour and do you think he's in the hot seat, possibly for the next tour, potentially head coach. I I don't think so. I think mix of them not winning and the attack being sort of pretty mm. blunted. I think is potentially not negatively impacted his chances, but I don't think it's particularly sort of positively impacted. I I get the general sense that 
if Andy Farrell has a good World Cup with Ireland, and and, and like that means either like getting to probably semi-finals or, or a very close loss in the quarters to like South Africa or New Zealand, and I think I think he's probably in the in the front seat at the moment for it. Um, but I think you know, ultimately Hanny's right, right? You, it's just so hard without and you, obviously, hopefully there'll be some sort of like stuff leaked and. Townsend does like a sit down with like Mark Palmer where he talks about how Gatlin shut him out. Um, but yeah, I think it's hard to sort of really assess because it, it feels from the outside. Obviously, Tooney has definitely become like more pragmatic as a coach as he sort of shifted mm. from Glasgow to Scotland and sort of mm. and into sort of the the World Cup and sort of Six Nations. And I think, but I still think to a point, you know, it's it's pragmatic, but it's also still quite can be quite creative. And I think. The, the sort of spe- the spectrum he sort of went so far to just sort of the most sort of kind of pragmatic sort of robotic kind of attacking game plan I, it just feels to me I might be completely wrong that whilst I, he, that definitely wasn't him having kind of overall control of what the kind of attacking shape might be I guess the, the other question though is was was Finn meant to start from the beginning and actually with it, because of his injury, they had to sort of change tact a little bit, given the fact that Farrell was kind of in there as a potentially more as a twelve, but uh, with uh, but ten support, and then you've kind of got bigger left who potentially has a bit more obviously of a, a limited game. Yeah, I just I I wonder with particularly with the centres that were selected from the off that it was always going to be Route One rugby, yeah. And- I get that maybe Farrell would give you that second playmaker option from 12, but he played like one game there in the warm-ups and didn't really seem like that was ever a realistic option. Um, so, yeah, obviously it's impossible to say, but I, I get the sense that Bigger was always that nailed on 10. I think... Um, in terms of whether Townsend has a shot from the next one, I think that almost because it is Australia and I think that you can go to Australia and you can beat them up. I think particularly this Australian team at the moment and, you know, things could change in four years time, but I don't see them changing that much the way that Australian rugby is going. And I think someone like if they keep Gatland or they pick Farrell who, you know, play um, a slightly more conservative game, more of a power game, I think they they should actually potentially win that series three um, nil. I think almost if they were playing South Africa again, I think they w- they would have learned from this tour that you can't be blunt, you can't just be one route. It doesn't really work. Um, and I wonder even if taking on New Zealand, they they might think in a similar way. Well, it's an awful an awful awful lot to look forward to in 2025 um and yeah let's just hope there's a nice um nice scottish representation when we get round to it lads any any final thoughts on the on the lions who against the the real the real top grade rugby of the united rugby championship did you guys enjoy the the overall tour yes I think the second test was the was the pits. I think it was really disappointing to watch a game that you know was a potential decider 
of a huge series and a huge moment for the Lions and have great Scottish representation in it. But, but you know, which it which definitely gave me a little bit of a lift in terms of this tour, but it was such a shame for it to be so fucking awful as a sporting spectacle. And, you know, that re- that did sort of puncture it a little bit for me, but I thought the third test was great. I think uh, Charlie Morgan's line in the Telegraph that, you know, Finn Russell saved rugby for some people. I generally felt that for about five minutes. I was like, oh, wow, this mm-hmm. is actually like so much fun again. That was so yeah. great. Um, but yeah, I love the lines. I thought having eight Scots on the tour and having them heavily involved throughout all three tests, it's great. I enjoyed it a lot. Alan? Yeah, agreed. I mean, I think, I feel like I've become like a little bit more parochial since the like, the, <laughs> maybe it's now <laughs> Scottish, Scottish people are there. It's like, I don't know. I feel like I was, I, you know, I do, I still someone that sort of buys into the Lions, but I, you're right. I feel like when, especially when there's like, when Scottish players were either playing well, like for Price, for example, I was like, really felt like I wanted him to do well, you know, mm, <laughs> as, as a Scotland fan, you know, ultimately I wanted the team to do well, but specifically I really wanted a lot of the Scotland players who, you know, we look again at the last sort of 16 years and there hasn't been a lot of Scotland players that have been able to sort of, show their skill set and their capabilities on the line stage. So I just felt like I really wanted your hot, the hogs and the prices, probably those two specifically to really kind of prove for slightly different reasons to prove how good players they were. And I think price really did that. I think hog, not so much. I don't know. I sort of got, I think like the Razzie stuff, is just like the most pathetic bullshit in the world. And I really hope world rugby ban him from like all rugby for like a year. I don't know what the ban would be, but I just thought it was like that nice. sort of, and then like the whole sort of fallout of, from that as well, just found like really, I don't know, made me quite disinterested, but, uh, but no, it, it made me, that, that video made me really, really want to beat South Africa. Because, oh yeah. Uh, yeah. I completely agree. It's, it sounds as if, um, judging from world rugby, who've sort of done their statement about it, like, I think they 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 say at least that they're going to come down on him quite hard, which I hope they do, because I just think it's set such a bad precedent. Yeah, I think mean, airing dirty laundry in public for that sort of shit is really really bad. I think the words I I hated the Razzie video. I really like I hated see Khaleesi being like I just felt like I wasn't respected. I was just like grow the fuck up, Jesus Christ, like. I, I thought that was really, really pathetic, and that made me quite more angry than maybe the Razzie video, which just looked like he just looked like such a broken, pathetic man. Like the way the yeah. thing was like lit, and like his skin looked like really bad, which I know is a ridiculous thing to say, but he looked like this really <laughs> unhealthy, like horrible man. To be fair, to be really fair to though, he came back from the first test. And he was specifically in the second test, but also parts of the third test was unbelievable. Yeah, he was. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. But that's yeah. why. Also, like after the second, like after it stopped, like bitching and moaning. I'm just like, yeah, annoyed me. But yeah, good to be good, a nice, nice summer's activity gives it gives us stuff to pod about into the middle of August as well. Yeah. No, exactly. We need to do a, a first sort of in-person pod in like eighteen months at some point. We do. Uh, I was doing some. I was doing some googling this um, 
this afternoon just looking into like sort of the Six Nations um, fixtures as well. I was like, what do you guys think of like a live pod in Rome? That'd be the best fun ever. In like middle of March next year. Scotland getting get the Grand Slam. Not anti that. We're not going to do it in the in the old alliance in Paris. Yeah, I think that we've oh, promised that for a while. We'd have to wait another year there because it's Scotland, yeah, it's England year. and France uh, at home this year. All right, Rome, Rome is. I'm sorry, Ashley and Freya. I need to go. Well, last <laughs> last time, do you remember? We couldn't do it because we got invited really late. But we got invited to the British Embassy in Rome to do a to do an event. Yeah, the yeah. Scotland yeah. game last year, yeah. but we couldn't go. So maybe I'll just get back. I'll get in touch with the ambassador. I love the idea. (laughs) We're coming this time. I love the idea. There's all these like British and Italian diplomats, and they're like, now we've got the thistle live. (laughs) (laughs) Just like getting them to chin WKDs that we've brought from the UK. Here you go, guys. That would be that would be great. Breaking our live show duck in like an ambassador's residence in Rome. So moving on from our um, potential live pod in Rome, we'll be back in touch when we think about that a little bit more. Um, Super Six is back two weeks in, and I've watched a couple games. But the only thing that I really want to talk about, guys, is the nails. Harriet's rock bottom of the table. Something that you truly, truly love to see. I think, I think in this age of polarization, it's nice to have something that can bring the people together. It is, it is great that everyone can rally around hating the nails. Although actually, one of the Super Six, um, I think Sarah Bell from the Super Six like marketing team, she was like, "Come on, you guys support everyone." And I was like, "We are pretty, you know, we're pretty open to supporting everyone yeah. in Scottish rugby, apart from areas." And <laughs> man's got that, man's got his limits. Come on, you've got man's got to have a code. Exactly. 100%. <laughs> but it's been good. I watched. Um, I I think. You know, it was it was a Friday night. I was in on my own. You know, like cranking on the Super Six. It was quite. It was quite nice to watch um, what's doing against Sterling County. I think, like as I was saying to you guys off off offline earlier, like it's quite physical. Like the 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 quality of like the collision and things like that that feels mm. very significant. But where it feels, and it is of course a step below fully professional rugby. But like the the handling skills and that sort of level is not quite as good. But it's good, and it's quite nice to be able to flick on iPlayer on a Friday night. Who was commentating? Um, well, I don't know who the main comms guy was, but the um, the co-comms guy was Chris Hunter, the director of rugby at Watsonians. Yeah. <laughs> so it, was an, it was an absolute Watsonians fest. <laughs> Got a lot of time for that. I did see yeah, exactly. Dougie Vipon's doing some stuff, isn't he? Yeah, and Rory Hamilton. They Because Free Sport are doing all the Sunday games. Yes. Yeah. And I think they've got... Um, or at least for the Harriet Southern Knights game of the weekend, they had uh, Doogie and Rory Hamilton was commentating. That's tough, though. To be told that you don't even get over the bar of Premier Sports, that you have to be put on free sports, <laughs> the junior <laughs> channel. Like, the bar to get on Premier Sports is so low. <laughs> I think I think as well, like, the from what I saw, the footage, um, the, the camera angles weren't, like, <laughs> the production values weren't great, put it that way. Um but I think the other stuff, the highlights have looked pretty good for the other games. Yeah. Fair play to get Dougie as well. I saw Vipond had been let go by the adventure show. That's, yeah, I did see yeah. that. I felt bad for him. He's such a great man. As somebody oh, who's appeared on the adventure show, I'm, I'm gut- I was gutted to see that. I think we've all sort of partially been on the adventure show. 
So I was in. I was interviewed on it. Were I you? Was like a, I was. A, yeah. Were you interviewed. They interviewed me coming out they, of the water. They pick it up the stragglers at the back. Yeah. <laughs> how, does it feel to come, how does it feel to come last? How does like, it come dead last? It was quite bad because it was just coming out of the swim. And I was like undoing my, uh, the, the, unzipping the top of my wetsuit. Just like, it was like, I was hoping they were cutting it at the shoulders, but it was cut like tit height. And I was like, <laughs> come on. like nobody, Nobody's come here to see that last. <laughs> They're like that guy's not that guy's not fit enough to get around this course, and they were <laughs> they were correct. Anyway, so we will be continuing to look on the Super Six. It's good. I encourage everybody to check it out. Um, another full round of fixtures this weekend. Um, so please do that until we've got about a month until the United Rugby Championship starts or does not start. So we will be doing some serious um, previewing of that once we get uh, a little bit closer to the time. But until then. Um, keep in touch with us on Twitter. That's at Thistle Rugby Pod. Um, on Instagram, Thistle underscore rugby underscore pod. And subscribe to the newsletter on Substack, Thistle Scottish Rugby Podcast. And in the meantime, stay safe and well. We'll speak to you soon. Cheers. Cheers. See ya. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.